Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Once I started looking at physicality as a second punchline, mm. that's when I was like, well, then I should be showing what you're telling. When I started to learn that and see that how many more laughs people are getting by doing both, how much you're leaving on the table by not adding the movements. Uh, for example, on the uh, the prey joke, I want, uh, strong women, you go after what you want, so I would just go to a bar and try to look like prey. That's funny, but if I show them that also, that's a second laugh. Hot breath. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and today is chapter three of a saga we have been tracking here at Hot Breath for several months now. Our buddy, fellow Hot Brethren, Steve Rogers, just dropped his first comedy special, now available on YouTube, and we have interviewed him, tracking the entire process from ideation to now finished production. So anyone looking to create their own album or their own comedy special... This is the episode for you. I will link our first two interviews with Steve in the show notes here. And the video is available on our YouTube channel, which where if you haven't subscribed yet, go do that. We're trying to hit 50K this year for the culture. But now there is only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath. With Steve Rogers. And we're live. Hey. Hey. Look at this. Hey, it's Steven Rogers. Oh my <laughs> gosh. He's so Sorry, famous. Man. Yes. How do you feel, man? You just you just dropped the special. Do you feel relief? Do you feel what what what's what's going through your, your mind right now? Uh relief now uh that like people seem to like it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh yeah, relief in the fact that like you're holding on to this thing you got to make sure it's you you know uh the editing the uh the thank yous were more stressful than i thought they were going to be just making sure i <laughs> you put a lot of people on them i saw you're like i'm yeah. doing everyone <laughs> i i it got to the point where they were like hey these are too many so i just put <laughs> anyone that's ever booked me that way it covered Comedians, I, I, I should have just put anyone that's uh, liked comedy once. Um, <laughs> and, and that would have covered more. But yeah, relief that it's out. Relief that people uh, like it. And uh, relief, uh, like we were kind of talking about before, uh, that relief that there's a bar I've set for myself now that I have to uh, eat meat, but hopefully uh, surpass. So. For sure. For sure. Uh, I like the challenge. Yeah, and 503 Dude is already in here saying aloha, y'all. Good to see you, buddy. Hello. As people are coming in here on the live stream. But this is this is just so exciting because we met during the pandemic when um, we really started all this online stuff with the Hot Breath of Verse. And then you were yeah. talking about doing an album and just like trying to 
like you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to. And I was like, oh, we should document this. So we've kind of right. we did two podcasts. Yeah. And video as well. But yeah, we did two interviews of like your attempts and your ideas and then what worked and what didn't work. Like I, I listened back to them today and they were like both of them were like, well, I tried this and it didn't work or I tried to record here and then yeah. uh, I didn't hit it didn't actually record. And no. then like so many different things, which I think is cool for people to see that, you know, you'd at that point you'd been on Colbert, you opened up for Brian Regan. So I think a lot of comedians see you and mm -hmm. comedians at that higher level who are like, oh, they have it all figured out and it all just happens magically for them. But at every right. level, we're all trying to figure it out as we go. <laughs> yes, 100 <laughs> percent. And uh, it was uh I, what I figured out was I can't do it alone. <laughs> um, I have no technology technology abilities whatsoever. Um, I, I'm friends with Tony Deo, who's a really talented comedian, but also has taught himself on like sound engineering and stuff. So he was trying to talk, talk me through it in a time where you weren't allowed to see each other in person. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, hit this thing, and then you hit this thing, and then you'll have an amazing sounding album. And never did it work once. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was basically the first uh, hurdle. And then um, uh, I met some of the folks. Uh, well, I met the people that do the uh, album label Blonde Medicine. I saw that. I hadn't heard of them yeah. before, but they've done a lot. They're very – they're – I mean, they're incredible. I can't say enough nice things about them. Uh, and uh, Jessica, Jessica and Dom are the main uh, people there that uh, did so much for me. And they've made a lot of good albums, like Irene 2's album that just came out, uh, Sam Evans, uh, a couple Mike Kaplan's. And um, there's so many, out, like Nori Davis, there's a lot of good albums on there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got lucky that they liked me and wanted to work with me and liked the Jamestown vision that I had. And uh, it just sort of worked out. Uh, so all those mistakes <laughs> leading up to this, uh, I'm glad those happened because what, hap what we ended up making, I'm very uh, uh, excited about. Yeah, because even I remember in the first interview we did, you were talking about how maybe you, your next one you'll work with a label, but you're like, this one I really just want to do yeah. on my own. And then you got into the logistics of it and all that. So it, it turned out great, though, dude. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you, all you yeah. did, it turned out amazing. Well, all the credit goes to pretty much uh, all of them. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was thinking uh, as far as trying to do it myself. It was too much stress. And uh, they uh, are experts at what they do because all I had to worry about was the material. And that's uh, what you should be focused on. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And uh, that I, I think I was just uh, being too stubborn in the beginning, being like, I can do this all myself. Because, you know, you're in a pandemic. Everything was halted. I was like, I, I can't wait. And I think I was just trying to grab onto something during a stressful time for everybody. We, we, yeah, we all were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm glad that I, it went the way it did. I'm very, uh, I love, uh, Jessica and Dom at Blonde Medicine and, uh, very, very happy with the album and special. Yeah. They were there when you did Corden last night. 
They were yeah. with you there. How did you, because yeah. you've always talked about how you've always booked everything without any like agent or manager. How did the Corden thing come to be? Same uh, thing, all, all me. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I love, late, late night's my favorite thing in the world. And uh, I felt like I had a, a window of opportunity plugging an album, being like, well, this is a really good reason to have me on the show as I'm promoting something. And uh, so I put a tape together of stuff I really liked, and um, it was uh, pretty well liked by the court and booker, and it didn't take too much uh, time. We had to play around with some stuff, but... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, that was all me, thankfully. Wow. So, yeah. Dude, congrats, man. I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was truly another amazing experience. The Everyone at the Late Late Show was fantastic, and I had the best time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Jorgensen said, yeah, congrats on the special and the Late Late Show. Now follow me back on Twitter, you elite snob. <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, that, that'll no get way. me to follow you. I've gotten several. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was, but I've it's lately. I've actually gotten several DMs from people who are like, so when are you following me back? And I was like, I didn't realize this was a, a thing, but OK. People I didn't either. Personally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. People get pretty crazy about it. Um, mm. I, I, I have a hard time following uh I'm also it's like it's such a weird thing. I'm trying to talk about this in stand up, but like I'm trying to be someone that's in the moment and uh, with people and in person. Like if you like right now, you have 100 percent of my attention and no one on my phone is getting any. And for some reason, the people that are contacting me through my phone will be upset by that. <laughs> yes, for I, sure. It's crazy to me when it's like I I'm a great in-person thing technology i i come off like a jerk just because i'm trying to be on it less <laughs> it's because uh, you're taking care of yourself how selfish i know i know how dare i be a, a human uh, <laughs> bonds bond with other human beings uh but yeah some of my best friends uh even when i did the uh out al when the album came out they said hey check out his album uh but he's a bad texter Oh Yeah, that's so cool. It was interesting because I think um, one of the hot brethren, I think Dino said, you live in the same building as Renan Hirschberg and Joe List, and you yeah. all three released a special recently. Yes. Uh, so our building is Joe List, Sarah Talamash, uh, Caitlin Palufo, Renan Hirschberg, and myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like National Lampoons, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, been uh, like worried about following your neighbors on a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if I bomb in front of any of those people, I got to hear it when I'm at the mailbox. That's, <laughs> you guys don't have to deal with that. It's crazy. But, but you could forever make fun of uh, that sign on Joe List special. Have you watched oh, it yet? Oh man, I oh. was there. I was oh. there. That him opening about the sign was a mistake. It was just like this huge sign. <laughs> we tried. Caitlin and I tried to see if we could fit it in the car to drive it home for him. Oh really? Yeah, it did not fit. It was huge. It was so big. 
Um, I don't even think we tr- we didn't leave. It didn't leave the building. I, I think it's. I don't think it's still there. I think it's been thrown out. Honestly, I don't really. Know oh. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> that was uh, hilarious. It was in our backyard, and we just <laughs> pants on it. But um, yeah, and then uh, I was at Ronan's latest special taping, which I think that comes out in hopefully later this year, which is really good. And then I was at his uh, Tonight Show as well. So everybody in this building, except for one person uh, who's not a comedian, has late night credits. Hilarious. It's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy apartment boom. <sighs> so, to, so to get into the special a little bit here, and we have people uh, tuning in. Ricardo said, hey, guys, hope you're well. And uh, Sandy Bernstein said, congrats, Steven Rogers. Thank you. Imre, congrats, Steven. Sketch my story. What an amazing experience. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How exciting. So to, to get into your actual special, um, you, you mentioned you referred to the Jamestown vision. So, I mean, the fact that you even filmed this, dude, at the National <laughs> Comedy Center, I mean, that that was a huge. I was like, oh, that like adds a whole other like cachet to it. So you said the yeah. Jamestown vision. So how did how, it went from an album you're going to record yourself to now this like big comedy special at the National Comedy Center. So where how did you what was the vision behind it? Um, so I think we've talked about this before, both Regan and Colbert came from, uh, Jamestown, uh, both Brian and the booker of, of Colbert at different times saw me in that room that the specials taped in. And, uh, so, and, and Anthony DeVito is a good friend of mine. I, I, you know, you, when you're doing anything, you know, this, you, I mean, that's what this is built upon. You're asking other comics for advice when you're doing something. And I remember Anthony DeVito said uh, that he was told you want to book your, your you want to record your first uh, thing at, at some place that means a lot to you. And uh, which I'm sure is the case for you. I think it was in it was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, or it was in the it yeah. was in the first venue that ever booked me as a headliner, the basement right. theater here. Exactly. So it's like. You want to do. You want to have that little uh, specialness trap uh, connected to it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was like, "Well, there's no other place that's uh, meant as much and brought as much into my life as, as this place." And uh, they were very excited about it. And oh, that's uh, great! At at uh, the National Comedy Center, and uh, Blonde Medicine really liked the idea. And it just kind of worked out perfectly. Uh, Caitlin was able to be there, and and uh, EJ Masicampo was there yeah. from Hot Breath, who I met through here, and uh, another good friend of mine, Peter Wong, who's a New York comic, one of the like first friends I made in New York. So I, I just I wanted it to be a big special hang, um, and I wanted to. Uh, also pay a little tribute to what Lucy Fest has done for uh, Jamestown. And I call it so many things, but at uh, National Comedy Center, Lucy Fest, Jamestown, they're all the same. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to uh, pay tribute to all that stuff. So uh, it was it was cool. It was a cool experience. How thought out was the actual because you said the Jamestown vision. So were, did you think as far as like I want to open with a skit and then, like, these are the shots. Like, how thought out was that whole part of it? I know I, wa- I knew I wanted to show some of the center. Um, 
I wanted people to know this National Comedy Center exists. Yeah. And uh, that it's cool. Like, there's stuff in there. Um, like, that's a tribute to stand-up and comedy in general. Um, I didn't know I was going to do a sketch, but I was able to have some people that make me feel funny around. And I'm like, yeah, let's... Let's be goofy and see if there's something here. And uh, and then as far as, like, I knew I wanted it to be in that room. I wanted it to be three cameras. I wanted it to um, uh, showcase what I do and also showcase this place. So it, it was um, – I had a lot of talented people behind it. Chris Walsh, uh, who did all the video and his team, uh, they, were, they were awesome and – Everybody was on the same page. So if I didn't know what I was trying to say, thankfully there was much more knowledge and talented people to fill in those gaps. And how many times did you film it? We did four shows because that's the typical weekend at that venue. Mm, Um, Okay. And uh, they were all sold out, which was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And I liked doing it in a small town. Instead of being like live from, you know, a place that many, many specials are made. Like I I wanted it. I liked that. And it's up sort of upstate New York. It's western New York, but it ties into where I started. That's so funny that you recorded it four times and you decided to leave in some of the 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 hiccups and stuff which yeah. i really appreciate and i did that with i forgot my jokes during my special and i left the i left that part in so it's like i think that's that's what uh is i don't know i think for me and and, and i like that you did that too it, it, and any special i've seen that's done that can't think of any off the top of my head. I know some people that have removed stuff, but Joe's a good example, mentioning the sign behind him. <laughs> you know, it's like how uh, I don't know. I, I strong. I have a strong belief, and this is just my opinion. Nobody wants to see a comedian that's not really there. Mm. So it's like uh, I need people to see proof that I'm in the moment instead of on Twitter following people back. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, yes. You are getting a hundred percent of me, and if I make a mistake, guess what? I'm going to make that funny too, or I'm going to try. I'm going to mm-hmm. try. I'm not going to leave something on the table. And uh, when that therapy thing happened in the special, uh, it was funny. It was funny that I messed up and made up for it and when a woman corrected a setup that i've been saying for years uh and 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 pointed out something i never noticed yeah i'm not too proud to uh keep that from everyone uh or what i not too proud to show that i messed up or you know what i mean of course i wish she was here to yell out what i'm trying to say yeah uh And I think there's a couple other things. And in, in the credits, I included the rest mm-hmm. of stuff that happened. As long as it doesn't, like, ruin the joke, uh, I'm, I'm willing to have it in there. At least in that experience. 
I think that was like, I knew you were funny and I knew you were a great writer, but I think getting to see you do your special, I think the most pleasant surprise was how loose it was because mm-hmm. you're very meticulous with your writing and you're very specific with like how you perform, but it was very loose. Like you, you were very physical. You were all, you were kind of all over the stage. You even went behind the podium at one point. Like it yeah. felt very loose and spontaneous, which is something I knew I w- it was going to be hilarious, but I didn't Dang. expect it to feel so loose just knowing your comedy before. So that makes me also excited for like, now that you're, you've kind of moved to the next chapter of your career. Like, I feel like there's a lot of physicality mm-hmm. to you, to your stand up that we're going to start seeing more of. Maybe I'm projecting on you, but it just seemed like it was, it was just like more animated than I expected. And it was pleasantly, I say pleasantly surprised. That's I'm honored. That's, I thank you for saying that. I, I mean, it has already increased. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have a really good mentor uh, that I watch regularly that is the most physical comedian, you know, we've seen so far in the history of comedy. And I'm not trying at all to be him, but it, he, Brian showed me, Brian Regan, in case. No oh, just knows, a little. Yeah, I just know. a little flex. Yeah, just know, a little. Brian Regan. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that helps, he doesn't follow me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's like chattering in your brain the rest of this time. Not following. That's all I can think Not about. Following. Somebody somebody immediately calling me out. I'm like, oh, I'm a jerk. I know I got to talk. People um, love you, dude. No worries. I know. I'm, I'm teasing. Um, but uh, through that and other watching other comedians uh, like Jim Carrey or um, that's more of a, like a film thing, but like there's so many comics that get there. Once I started looking at physicality as a second punchline, mm. uh, that's when I was like, well then I should be moving um, and showing, showing what you're telling. Uh, when I started to learn that and see that, how many more laughs uh, people are getting by doing both? How much you're leaving on the table by not adding the movements? Because mm-hmm. you can paint a picture with your words. Uh, for example, on the uh, the prey joke. Uh, I want uh, strong women. You go after what you want. So I would just go to a bar and try to look like prey. That's funny, but if I show them that also, that's a second laugh so why wouldn't i grab both yeah give them so uh (laughs) yeah speaking of physicality i did want to bring in one of the clips from the special to give people a little taste speaking of physicality and um imre said what are you drinking oh this is tea i got from um the swag bag in cordon uh yeah yeah i i uh like i was telling you before i was sleepy today so i was like i'm gonna try this tea so lovely yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah sketch my story said cool set yeah yeah it's a beautiful beautiful room uh the special was shot beautiful also yeah Mm -hmm. they they haven't shot anything like this there before and because of this and how talented the um uh Chris and his team are with filming and lighting and all that. 
the the Nashville Comedy Center said they're probably going to keep this lighting for future uh, shows and stuff. Wow, so it, it was cool to first, dude. Yeah, it was cool to uh, be a part of that. So let let's um let's show an example of this physicality from the special. Um, it, it just so happened. You, we talk about physicality, and then this is the clip I chose. So here, here's a here's a fun clip, and then I would um I'd like to kind of get your feedback on how you developed this sure. because this is like a this is like a big part of your of your special, uh, and I believe this is this is also the joke I think you end your cordon set on as well. So it's clearly one you've worked out a lot. So um, let let's give the people a taste here. <laughs> Steven Rogers before he was super. <laughs> Great. I only have one problem in my relationship is uh, anytime my girlfriend sends me to go get something, I can never find it. Yeah. I just sensed how many fights I just started. <laughs> like, anytime my girlfriend sends me, like, she thinks I'm not trying, but really I'm standing in front of that cabinet, like. <laughs> Come on, eyes. Come on, eyes. You ever try to make them bigger, thinking that you'll see more stuff? <laughs> Come on, eyes. I'll put you on whatever your website you want. Just, for the love of God, find it. She sends me to the store. I'll send her pictures of what I'm looking at to see if it's the right thing. I'm like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? She's like, yeah, that's the store. Please go in. <laughs> If I go to the store and they don't have what she sent me to go get, I send her a video of the manager telling her that I looked. I'm like, you tell her I looked. You tell her. Now hold up today's paper. You guys are a lot of... All right. All right. So that's a physical bit. Yeah. And it it kills. So like... It's definitely one where you're telling and showing. You know, you could yeah. just say, "I tell her the man, tell the manager or whatever." Like, but mm-hmm. like, so how? This is clearly you. You end the special on it, so it's like, how? How did this? It's all based in reality. So like, mm-hmm. how, how did you kind of like develop this bit? Um, it was a real. You know, obviously, it just comes from a real place. It was a real problem that we were having that she would want something I could never find it and I remember sending her pictures at the store and being like this what am I doing this is ridiculous that I I'm that worried about coming back empty-handed and um so I I was excited about that joke Uh, and once I think I tweeted it and and like some comedians were like this is something Mm. and um so that was nice. And then I started, I think it started with um, the uh, the pictures. It started with the pictures. It, uh, so the center of that bit, the is this it, is this it. And uh, I think I was just telling people, yeah, when I'm at the store, I send her pictures of to see if it's the right thing. And, and then I remember I really wanted to get across how desperate I am. And that's where the uh, the cabinet came from, and then uh, I just I really wanted to get the desperateness across in the words, and then eventually I know the words came first, 
And then I was like, well, all of these are things that I can also show. So I remember doing the come on eyes thing and that was killing at like theaters and stuff. And I was like, okay, there's something here. And then I think the last thing I found was the, you know, you tell her I looked thing. And I remember loving shit, like pointing it, like almost like a gun, just being like, <laughs> you have to do this. <laughs> and I, I, I liked showing the desperateness physically and then the you ever make your eyes bigger thing, um, I, I don't want to give credit. I don't want to forget anyone. So I had in my green room on, and on the shows was Peter Wong, Caitlin Palufo, and EJ. And one of them, or all together, we came up with, what if you made your eyes bigger? And uh, so that part came, that recording. That, that part came for the album. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So the ever make your eyes bigger thinking you'll see more stuff. I've never said that before by the time that recording was happening. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so all I had was, come on, eyes. Is this it? And I loved going around. It was just fun. It was like, how can I? And then once I realized how relatable it was, that was the closer. So it made me have to be more physical to really be like, this is the, what we're ending on. So we got to end strong here. Um, and yeah, so that's, and then with, even with Corden, I did it on Corden and I did it a little faster, which I liked. It added more desperateness to it, but, uh, that's something you only see in hindsight. But, uh, yeah, I liked I wanted that emotion to come across physically. Yeah, that's something you mentioned in one of our previous interviews was like you want to make sure you're matching the emotion of the joke with like it all has to come from the emotion and the writing must express that emotion, the performance must express that emotion. So it's kind of like you had this this real life situation Mm-hmm. that does make you feel desperate. So you're like, okay, however I tag this up, whatever act outs I do must express this desperation and it must mm-hmm. reemphasize the desperation I'm trying to get across. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much every joke. I'm sure there's exceptions, but the emotion is why I want to talk about it. You know? So, uh, uh, this is our own, this is our bigger, biggest problem in the relationship. And yes, it's my fault. Uh, and here's me trying to do my best in so, these three examples. So all of your jokes or like, I mean, cause we walk around all day thinking of jokes and stuff. So it's yeah. like when you have an idea, you're like, okay, what is the emotion behind this? And then you kind of build it out from there. I, I, I think I read this or heard this somewhere. Somebody said, if your mood changes, whenever your, you know, your mood changes X amount of times a day, it's like a, there's a study on it or something. But uh, when your mood changes, there's probably something there. It was a writer that said that. Mm. Like, throughout the day when your mood changes, there's, there's probably something there. Um, so going to the store... 
confident and then realizing they don't have what she wants and oh god i'm gonna have to go home and tell her i really did look she's not gonna believe me and all that like that feeling is something and then i i start with the i think i start with the feeling usually the feeling i'm like it's almost like just getting it off your chest or you know we're all complainers so it's like um I'll try to do a different joke, for example. But, like, um, uh, the um, the rub, the opener on the cord and the rubbing the leg thing, like, uh, I can never tell when a woman likes me. Yeah. Uh, I'm so clueless. And, like, how clueless would I get? And I bet oh. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just kind of moaned right there. I don't know what that was. You like said that. I was like, oh, clueless. Yeah, hey. But uh, that's interesting. I like it. First time for everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is That really makes me want to like start attempting to like write that way. Because I usually am like, as of right now, it is still like, this happened or here's an idea. Okay, how can I? I still try to over like clever I still try to like over clever the funny and be like, well, what's the funny word play here or whatever, instead of like, well, how am I feeling about this? And how can I reinforce that through tags and through act outs? Mm. You know, I still hide behind the writing sometimes, but starting with the emotion and letting that drive how you write the joke. Yeah. That, that's, that sounds like a game changer there. Well, like I remember reading this too, like there's four major emotions you can apply, uh, which is weird, uh, hard, scary, and stupid. Um, so, like, uh, I just did Corden, so I'm using those jokes as examples. Of course, yeah, and easy for people to reference as well. Yeah, but, like, the, um, I was nervous about meeting my buddy, my, my girlfriend's parents, and my buddy was like, just focus on how her mom looks. Now, uh, that expression, I, we've all heard it. And, um, if you know, it's a common thing I've heard throughout my life. I think that's stupid. And, uh, so it's like, well, what's, uh, and the wordplay came along later. I mean, that is the whole joke is just wordplay, but like, um, it's stupid that we focus on that and, and uh, I don't, that's stupid advice also. So it's like, mm. there's, that's how I feel towards this, this, I, this uh, expression is it's not helpful. Uh, it is stupid advice. And uh, how could uh, this uh, also be, I don't know, the, the punchline I just remember coming from, me thinking about the 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 advice a lot but there's an example of stupid like uh also it's stupid how often uh like i think it's stupid that you have to be more like you have to be super masculine as a man you have to be super masculine well my girlfriend is a former athlete and is this and this and it's like i'm not so I think it's stupid that that's the the stereotypes that we have to be in as men and women. 
Mm. So what's a way to poke at that? It's my girlfriend makes me feel pretty. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's turning it on its head a little bit. I'm it now. None of this is a lot of this is by accident. I'm just going by like, this is how I feel. I'm just leading. The emotion is kind of carrying me through the writing. And there's a lot of writing in my notebook. That's just like, whining and complaining because I'm leading with emotion. So I do have to go through it and be like, nobody wants to hear this. This is just me whining. And then, Oh, this is something. So it's just like scanning it later or during, uh, for something that I think would be fun to say and, uh, play with. So you do more journaling. I don't do free writing anymore. It, it, uh, was making me angry and anxious. I'm like, I'm just spilling out crap. Huh. But if I, if I, um, set a timer for an hour and just sit there and it's like the Seinfeld method, you can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, but sit there and, and look at the paper and, and the ideas. And I have, a a doc of, um, I think I've mentioned this before, what I consider the hour. And, um, and then I have another doc of jokes I want to say, and I have another doc of jokes that I haven't tried or jokes that um, need a lot of work. And uh, I'll set a timer and and scan through those, or I'll sit set a timer and sit there and write. So there's a lot of journaling, and then there's a lot of rereading. Because uh, I recently remember, like, all the advice is cliche with, like, stand-up. There's so much cliche advice, but it's because it's true. Yeah. Um, like whatever the percentages of it is rewriting. I forgot all about rewriting and was like, ah, that's how it came out the first time. That's got to be that way. And uh, that's stubborn and dumb <laughs> of me. <laughs> and uh, so I've been rewriting a lot lately and uh, always doing something. That, as long as I, I'm trying to be less hard on myself. And just be like, did you do something today that's going to help the material? Good job. And then uh, on to the next thing. Yeah, I, I had to like lower the bar for myself because I was <laughs> getting at a point of it's like, OK, I started this right 10 club. We do this every day. And then if mm -hmm. I'm not doing it, then I'm not being like a good example or whatever. Or if like if I'm not doing X, Y and Z and I I literally now a lot of the times right now I'm going through just like journaling. Like I'm not even yeah. like specifically trying to do anything funny. I literally like set a, I do a 20 minute timer and the goal mm -hmm. is to do three of those cycles. Mm -hmm. But if the timer goes off and like I, I need to step away or whatever, it's like, I just follow that impulse because it is an accumulation of just the repetition of doing mm -hmm. it. But a lot of the times if we don't feel like we're creating something, sometimes reading old jokes and trying to rework yeah. stuff doesn't feel like we're writing for some reason yeah. in my head but it's it's can be just as if not more productive to refine what you have instead of always trying to just make believe new things yeah i think it's like um that's why i had the three docs it's like um what's standing out to me today if i look through the 
the stuff I'm telling on the road and nothing pops out at me. Like I, this is another emotion thing. If not, if I have no desire to play with any of that stuff, it's gotta be playing in my mind. I I'm love a child. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is a, I wouldn't say it's a qual. It's a quality that works for me, but I'm, it only works in stand up. Um, I'm a child. <laughs> I have to find a way to play with finances, but uh, <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. But um, what do I want to play with? So I, I look at the the hour, and if nothing stands out, that's fine. And then I look at the stuff I want to say. That one I usually have the most fun with because it's – that one's super led by emotion. It's like even if the laughs aren't happening with this yet, there's something about this I really want to say. And I believe in, and then there's the, the miscellaneous pile of looking through. It's almost like a two chests full of toys. And it's like, what do I, you know, um, or three, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, and then I play with those things for an hour and, and I do that in the morning because, uh, the rest of the day I feel like a writer I have writer's brain because yeah. I did it first thing in the morning. Probably learned it from tuning in every morning with you. And then, uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you do it up early. Yeah. And then even if I have zero results, the rest of that day, that muscle is warmed up. And uh, maybe I say something when I'm goofing around with my friends or something bubbles up and uh, – on stage or when I'm walking around. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Right. 10 club helped Steven do his comedy special, everyone. So take <laughs> yeah, note, yeah, yeah. join I the mean, Facebook have group material already. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Been working on this material for eight years, but yeah, the right <laughs> 10 club did it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah in our previous interview, you had, you had all the note cards on your wall, color coordinated based on topic. Like you had this yeah. whole thing like mapped out to like the breath. Yeah. And uh, oh. now I, I I forget to breathe a lot, so it's really <laughs> uh. hot breath. Oh my! <laughs> uh, oh, Drew Beekler. He's a, he's a comic up in New York. Have you met him before? Drew I probably have. I'm either a name or a face. It's such a bad quality with me. It's all he didn't say anything about you not following him or anything. Don't worry. I just know Great. he's up in New We're York as well. Good start. <laughs> no worries. His uh his question was: Would you say it's how do I feel about whatever topic, and then exaggerating details on the topic to back up that feeling you have? That's a good question. Um, I'm gonna. Let's see. Well, I'm talking about ba- being bad at texting uh, on this new thing I'm working on. And so, yeah, I'm, that's the quality. Like, that's the thing that's popping up is people saying I'm bad, I'm bad at texting. So and then there's the emotion of, well, how, you know, defensiveness because you're, you're and it. But also, like, how do I feel about texting? Why am I bad at it? So I am. I think, yeah, I guess so. I, that's a great question. I've never thought of it that way. Um, sometimes I'll do a wheel. I'll put the, the topic in the center of the page and then whatever 
feelings and things I think are related to it, I'll, you know, branch off. What? Uh, I try a little bit of every. I, How I cool. I, I think I have one in here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, hold on. Let me see if I can. Um, as you're pulling that up, let me see if I can uh, pull you up here in the middle. We'll give you the big screen if you're about to. I love this. Each of the interviews uh, we've done, you've gone to your notebook and like shown us specific yeah. um, examples. Oh, and Drew, um, he also produces the show Big Wave in New York as well. Oh, I know Drew. Hey, Drew. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so bad with it's one or the other. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. I guess this is the best one, but it's the joke still needs work. Of course, yeah. These are all new things. You're uh, like, yeah. So this is. Uh, oh, let me see here. There we there go. You go. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I was held back in the second grade, <laughs> and uh, so that's. I uh, put that in the center. I'm gonna have to pull it away to remember. Yeah, but, no problem. Um, so then it's like, I tried branching off with thing. The first things I thought of when it came to second grade. But, um, so like teacher came up right there and then after teacher came, uh, a real feeling, which was when I failed second grade, the second year of second grade on the first day, uh, my original second grade teacher dropped by the class. So I'm in with my second class and my first teacher comes by to visit. And I remember being in, feeling embarrassed because she knew that I failed second grade, but uh -huh. nobody else there did. So I pretended to be there helping, <laughs> uh, like I was visiting from third grade for some reason. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so, there's a stupid thing that I did out of embarrassment that fooled no one. And it's like, well, there's something like that's fun to tell, like at a party or whatever. Like, that's a funny thing. So it's like, well, there's something there. And now I'll put it down and and, and now try to add punchlines because uh, sometimes I I've seen some stand up where it's like you just tell the thing that happened. But it's like i still want punchlines in there that, that are written. Uh, I want to know how I'm going to say it and that kind of stuff. But that's like, so that's just me branching off uh, you go. one topic. And then there's probably emotions all over the place, but then little, uh, oh yeah. So I got held back for being too immature. I don't know if this is, there yep. we go. Yeah, that's important. Uh, yeah. Too immature. And then I put, but what do those poo-poo heads think? Ah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's stupid. Uh, but uh, oh wait, what do those poop heads know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, so like, how do you start to put all this into like? Do you just kind of go each like path? Like you're kind of like, all right, let me talk about the teacher moment. Let me do the poo-poo headlines. You kind of just brainstorm a bunch of this stuff and then try each of them out on stage. Yeah, this I haven't, this one I'm afraid to bring to the stage at the moment. Um, 
because uh, I feel like it's not, I don't have enough of an idea of where things go. Um, but uh, when I do the map, it's no plan in place, no direction. I try not to be neat. I try not to have a, a shape in mind for the mm-hmm. map. It's just like, uh, you failed second grade, go. And then, oh, okay, uh, what's in second grade? The teacher. Oh, yeah, that time that teacher came by. Uh, what else happens in second grade? I had, oh, I the main feeling I have on there is failure. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I've, uh, I fail. I feel like a failure because I failed second grade. And then I wrote, I learned failure before I knew how to spell it. Hmm. <laughs> so it's like that might not be something I have in the joke, but it's like uh, it's a good exercise. So um, that's one way I I try to look at things differently. But maybe that's why you got held back as well because you couldn't spell failure. Uh, yes, <laughs> I uh, the poo poo head. It almost feels like a joke there, though. Of like. You know, it, you got held back from second grade for being too immature, but what do those poo-poo heads know? Like, that yeah. almost right there feels like, okay, there's one punchline for this entire yeah. idea, you know? Yeah. Just um, spitballing, though. You know. I was, no, yeah, like, that one, I'm like, that I'll probably say. Um, and it's fun and silly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, I had perfect attendance, but I was never really there. Mm. Uh, so it's like there's nets off of me just running attendance. So I think I, for when I'm looking at this, trying to study this, I take a the topic and then I take the first thing I think of off that topic, but then truth follows that. So it's like second grade, I think of uh, teacher and then what's true things that I feel or happened or think about teachers um one thing that's not in here but is in the joke is my girlfriend's mom is a second grade teacher and so that's just like gold as far as like there's something there that the bell goes off there Uh uh-huh and then the joke right now is my girlfriend's mom is a second grade teacher and i'm worried she's gonna find out and start randomly bringing up the curriculum and uh so it's uh, yeah ask you to spell failure yeah (laughs) yeah so i had like this never worked but she was like do you know about roy g biv and uh i go is that one of her (laughs) ex-boyfriends um it's stuff like that so mainly having fun just um my process this wasn't the question, but my process with it is like emotions and fun. So. Yeah, I, I'm trying to lead more with fun, too. I think what really changed my mindset around that, I um, I recently had Jeremiah Watkins back on the show and he just had a oh, kid. Nice. He just had a kid. And I was like, how did it change your mentality? Because I hear you change when you have a kid. And he was basically like, I'm at a point now where I don't want to do anything or write anything or create anything or be around people unless it's fun. Like he only, he only surrounds himself and goes with the intention of he's going to have fun or something's going to give him energy. He's like, that's where his mind is at. Now he leads with fun. And that really, I just talked to him a few weeks ago, but that really affected kind of my approach to everything I'm doing now as well. 
Well, it's like, um, I'm not old in comparison to life uh, expectancy, but I I don't know what it is, if I'm just an old soul or whatever, but I was like, ah, life's too short. I'm, I'm not going to drive myself crazy anymore. Uh, I'm going to try to be creative, but I'm not going to put the this cage around it. Of you have to do it at this time to this time. You have to mm-hmm. do this. You have to do this, and then you're. That's the only way you're a comedian, and it's like um, that stuff is not going to be fun uh, to hear if it was built in a. Uh, you know, if, if it if I become a machine by having a machine like uh, structure to everything, but if I keep my day loose, like I have two cats that yeah you just got another one i heard caitlin talking about the new one on uh are you garbage podcast talking about the whole process of getting that cat and everything yeah (laughs) so i'm talking about that in the new uh headlining set Uh there's one right there and it's uh, yeah so they're my world if they want to play that's my day now like i have to play with them until they're done and because uh, like my guiltiness won't let me sit and write, and that in a way has made it so it's like oh I write in different ways. I write when I'm sitting and playing. I write when I'm walking. Uh, if they're asleep, I'll sit and write. So it's like there's no set time anymore. I like to do it in the morning, but it's loose, and because of that, my stand-up is more loose. My um, writing is more loose or I feel more loose, I guess. So it's, um, and that's more fun. I'm just trying to, uh, also live my life is, uh, yeah. I'm realizing I wasn't at, for a good amount of time and now I'm like, let's live life and, uh, get material that way. Oh dude, I wasn't living until, Probably the pandemic, like before the pandemic, you know, I'd been doing comedy 10 years and literally like nothing like eat, sleep and breathe comedy every night, like always pre pandemic. I was about to be on the road more than ever. And I'm grateful now I was actually had that opportunity to step back and really reassess priorities. And now I'm like, I'm saying no to some gigs. Yeah. That are like eight hours away that I would have like jumped on. Yeah, I'll do it for a hundred dollars or whatever. But now it's like, well, you know, there's more perspective, I guess. So it it really makes a big difference in your productivity as well. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm having more fun. Like I have some bits that are doing well, but boy, were they only brought to the stage because I wanted to say them. You know, I I have a thing about peacocks that no one needs to hear, uh, but I love it, and therefore I'm in a place of play. It's yeah. a good joke, but it's like uh, I, I'm not trying to change the world with my stand-up. Just everybody's moods, including my own. Oh, so I love like, that. Yeah. Uh, so this peacock joke makes me feel good. I hope you guys feel good too, but uh, I'm telling it either way. It's like that's uh, 
I don't know what I'm saying with that, but that just seems to be where I am right now. Oh, I love that, man. Wow. I, there was Wow. That was the biggest thing that I think shined through in the special was just how much fun you were having. It, like, it, yeah. it really, I mean, when I did mine, like, I was like very like stiff and like I got to get through. And that's why I forgot. I've been doing these jokes for years, but I forgot right. it during the taping because I was literally putting so much pressure on every syllable has to be here because that's yeah. how stand up comedy works. And it like it it really it really inspired me seeing how much fun you were having and just yeah. just know, knowing what I know about you and how we've got to know each other. It's just you mm-hmm. being able to just live in that moment and have fun with it was really inspiring. And I hope other comedians and people see that and they get that mood change that you're referring to. Yeah. I mean, I, now even when I watch that clip, like I feel like it was, it was, I was loose that night, but I think that was just the beginning of loose for me. Um, I, uh, cause even watching it now, I'm like, I would have, I would have been more, I would have been quicker with it. I would have been looser with it. And it was, but it's like, you know, hindsight being what it is. You ended on an applause break. I think you got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But we're always going to be our worst critics. Right. That's true. But uh, I like where I'm headed um, with it. I I want to I want to be, be somebody that people want to go see live. So, uh, what do I want to see? And mm-hmm. I like. I like it when someone's there and they're not reading off a, a prompter in their brain um, and can live with a mistake in a joke and it doesn't throw them. Uh, Gary Shandling is a big example of that. Uh, there's so many. But uh, Joe List Corden, if, if you watch that, there's a part where he gets an applause break and he... You can, he's so nervous he claps <laughs> with them and, and then he calls himself out on it and it's like you you could have not mentioned it and maybe not anyone would have noticed or you know it would only have made it in the comments it mm-hmm. wouldn't have thrown your set but he calls himself out on it and it, it gets a laugh and it's like yeah you're a human being be a human being that does stand-up. Uh, stand-up does not make you better than anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody, but it's like, uh, I'm just doing my favorite thing, and uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, I, I'm trying to have it be perfect, but uh, everything is welcome. I think there's like a a Buddhist saying I've heard where it's like, I will eat it all. Meaning the good and the bad. I'll take everything mm. that comes. And uh, I, I don't know. I, that's how I prefer to do stand-up. Yeah, and that's something we talked about in the last interview is radical acceptance as well. Yes. So. Yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, Very important. <laughs> so where, um, where, what, what, please promote um, whatever you'd like to promote. I mean, clearly the special on your YouTube channel, but how can people, yeah, check out everything you have going on? Cause this, this kid's got it, people, this kid's, <laughs> he's got the goods. I appreciate it. Uh, I, um, you just go to Steven Rogers comedy.com. Uh, I'm actually headlining my home club, uh, Syracuse funny bone, June 24th and 20, 25th. 
so if you happen to be in upstate New York, um, I'll also be at the Albany Funny Bone uh, July 15th and 16th. But, uh, yeah, I'm starting to get some headlining stuff, which is cool. Oh, um, <laughs> Congrats, yeah. man! That's that's that 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 hour. It's it's a it's a whole new world when like you're like the yeah. the act, and it's like there's a lot more. It's more fun though. You have that time to play with. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited about building the next thing, and so come come see me, please say hello. Uh, especially if you're a comic, a hot breath person, I'd love to say hello. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, StevenRogersComedy.com, Steven Rogers Comedy on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, check out the special, please. It's uh, good. It's on YouTube. And you have a podcast. Yeah. Panic Attacking Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. You just saved me a divorce. Um, uh, Andrew Chavone, he's amazing. He's so funny. Uh, check out his stand-up as well. He's mm-hmm. got some good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, every Monday, Panic Attacking Podcast. It's really funny. And did you pick your outfit for your special? Uh, I picked, asked. Uh, Caitlin did most of the work, uh, but I think I picked the jacket. But we were together when we picked it. So, nice. no. I will say no. no. Uh, I didn't pick the cordon look, and I didn't pick the special look. All of that was Caitlin. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. well, it's 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 such a thrill. I'm so glad we got to meet each other and um, Likewise. build this relationship man I, I'm, yes. a, I'm a big fan and i learn something every time i watch your comedy or hear you it, um hear you speak it, about it so thank you it's mutual like i was saying i i listen and uh some i, I some i listen to over, i come back and listen to so it's you're doing a great thing man you're you're uh we're all learning from each other it's really awesome thank you so much very yeah. nice well, hot breath of verse. That is all we have. We're going to land this plane. Thank you so much, Stephen, for your time. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye, y'all. There you have it, hot brethren and sistren. Go watch Steve's special on YouTube. And while you're there, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we do three live streams a week, like this one you just experienced with Stephen Rogers. And we will see you next Monday right here on... Hot breath. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.